Nishayamasei, welcome to another Ohio anime. Uh, it's late morning here and it's been a while. So for, the, you, for those of you that have never seen this show before, it's another show that we do besides a regular podcast on the rocks. Probably put this one in podcast form as well so you can kind of get a taste of what this is like. Hopefully you'll be back with more of these. But it's um, an anime and manga, Japanese culture, more focused sort of show. And we'll do news and reviews and stuff like that um, about, um, yeah, anime and such. So today we just have a few news stories, not too many. We're going to go through a poll that Crunchyroll likes to do these polls. Those are kind of fun. Um, hopefully they work out for us. I'll make sure to describe it well for you. And then we're going to talk um, about a manga. I will do that in a non-spoilery fashion, um, kind of a recommendation. And then later... We'll potentially have some spoilers for Chainsaw Man. Uh, the latest episode just dropped on Tuesday, so a couple days ago. Hopefully you've had a chance to watch it. Um, yeah, but um, let's get into our first um, news story. Uh, so, Berserk. This is uh, Nichiban.com. And... Um, it's part of the Niche Gamer Network or whatever. They are calling out that Berserk from 1997 is now on Netflix. So, have you watched Berserk? Have you read Berserk? I've always put it off, it's, though it seems like something that is really influential to a lot of people. Um, it looks really cool for sure. But I've heard so many people complain about the anime adaptations that I've never tried it and back when this was coming out and there was more of them um i wasn't wasn't reading much for manga so now i really want to watch or read the manga pick up those cool collected volumes um but i'm tempted here by kind of putting this original onto netflix i i don't know Maybe it's just people that are really passionate about the manga saying, oh, well, the manga is better. Don't worry. They do all this, these things wrong in the anime because that's common too. So maybe that's the deal. But if you've watched Berserk, let me know. Is it worth reading? Is it worth watching? Um, both, neither, whatever. Um, it is available now on Netflix. Um, next story. So we're going to be talking quite a bit about Chainsaw Man on this podcast. And um, Country Roll News has this story about the composer for the music um, of the show kind of putting together a playlist um, that goes on Spotify. So talking about his inspiration, different kinds of um, um, musicians that um, he drew from for the show. So FX Twin, um, definitely one I've heard of, but a lot of these other groups I don't know anything about. So if you have a Spotify account, it's called Composer Spotlight, Kensuke Ushio, and um, you should go and take a look at that. I certainly plan to, to have a listen because the music of Chainsaw Man has been really good. I mean, kind of from, from top to bottom when it comes to the intro, which is fun, and we've heard now about how many movie references are um, involved in 
in that opening, which is fun. The end credit scene, which is everyone is different. That's a lot of fun. I think this previous week's um, episode seven, that was that was a good time. But it's been a it's a good variety. So that that's been another awesome part to the show. Um, let's see, before we get then to that's it for news. Just it's, there's not a lot. I mean, there are some different announcements for shows coming or whatever. But we're kind of to me, it feels like we're in the midst of um, of uh, of the season, the winter here, we got uh, a lot of stuff going on. We're in the middle of shows. So I, I can't keep up myself. So, um, make sure y'all let me know what, what you're watching and, um, but I'm gonna let you know what I'm watching. Um, so I've kind of gotten back into my hero academia. It's a very popular one. I'm sure you've heard of it. Of course, new season, is coming and I'm far behind. Uh, I think I'm in season three. So I have a friend that's really powering through it. And I want to try to, uh, do my best to, to catch up here. It's, I, I usually keep, uh, an anime that kind of can be a continual, always watching it sort of thing, even if it's at a slower pace. And my hero has been one of those shows, um, for me. Um, Spy Family. I thought about talking more in depth uh, of Spy about Spy Family today, but I am three episodes behind what it, what's currently premiered, and um, I think I might just wait for a, a season finale on it to really get into that one. But still enjoying that. Um, I feel like some of the commotion around Spy Family has died down a little bit. I don't know if you feel that in the same way. There's certainly a lot of promotion around it still in terms of new figures coming out and, and that sort of thing. But um, maybe Chainsaw Man's taken some of the, the air out of the room. So um, as for something I've, I'm reading currently, um, anyone that's followed me before will know that I'm a big fan of uh, Sutomo Nihei and... Um, this is Abara, and uh, I have a hardcover version here. It's a uh, it's a nice book. It's um really in. It's very like his work of the past. You know, if you're watching, I'll show just a little bit of it. Um, not too much. I don't want to give any sort of spoilers, but it's. It's very dark. Um, it there's a ser whole series of I don't know his works all feel to me. I don't know if it's official or not. All his works feel to me like they're connected. They're in different places or times of the same world. Um, my first introduction was to Blam. It's still my favorite of his. Absolutely love it. Um, he deals so much with like architecture and scale um you know i'm playing the warhammer 40k dark tide game and there's a lot of cool scale in there as well um but like here's an instance like just we get sweeping wide shots of the kind of 
crazy architecture and world that we're in. It's all very dystopian. It's fun kind of putting together the pieces of, again, how this maybe fits in the overall timeline with everything. And um, yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm, I'm almost basically half, exactly halfway through. So Abada, um, I'm, I'm reading that. Hopefully I'll come to you with a full review soon. Um, and the other thing I've been consuming, back to one more uh, um, anime, is, is is Chainsaw Man. As I mentioned, we're gonna review it. So obviously, I've been watching it. Um, on the topic of Chainsaw Man, though, we have a. Um, I guess for me, I, I think of it as, as as Chainsaw because I have a couple ideas where this is gonna go. Um, okay, so. Who is your anime crush of 2022? Oh man. Okay, so again, Crunchyroll does these fun polls. Um, so I like to do them on the show sometimes and see what we get. I'll try to be extra descriptive for those that are listening, but, and hopefully I, there's gonna be definitely some characters that I'm unaware of. As I said, I'm behind on, uh, on stuff for sure, so. Um, all right, let's start it. So, oh, this is, <laughs> this is not a, uh, wow, okay. Kind of looked at this beforehand. This is just an answer. So we collect the answers in about a week and share the results soon after that. Okay. All right, well, everybody's gonna have to leave in the comments. Let me know what your answer would be for this. You should also, if you get there in time, go to um, Crunchyroll, go to their news section and look for the Who Is Your 2022 Anime Crush poll. Um, participate in that and see who you think. Um, I like some of these suggestions here. Um, Tengen from uh, Demon Slayer. He's a very cool dude. Clearly, he's got to be the choice of some. He's got three wives, you know. Um, but I'm definitely going uh, with Makima from Chainsaw. And there's another answer I want. Maybe I should throw one out too. I don't know. I went first. My in My first instinct was Makima, so... That's what I'm gonna put Makima from Chainsaw Man. So um, check back soon for the results. So there, promotion for the Crunchyroll poll. All right, um, now we're gonna get to reviews. So I have one thing that I have talked about before. Um, that is that I, I don't think I've talked about the latest volume. So again, I swear I read manga that's not just like dark and brutalist and stuff. And this one, I guess, is it's a little unfair to just like call it that, but died dark. So I've talked about this before. Um, it's the same author as um, Doro Hidoro, and definitely shows. 
I've been reading through all these. I finished a while ago, but again, I haven't talked about the latest volume, volume four, I don't think. So this series, I won't spoil things, but it's a review up to this point, up through four. Um, it's complaints. I'll start with some complaints. Um, one, I feel like maybe the art is getting, maybe it's in parts getting a little rushed as we move on. I feel like the art quality early on maybe was a little more clear. And by the time we get to for, yeah, it's a, it's a minor gripe. And it's kind of just a concern. Like I see this, uh, I've seen this with the, um, from the author of um, Abada here that I talked about earlier. Um, another series of his I was reading was like ended abruptly and I felt like the art was getting way too simplistic. So I just hope that doesn't happen here. Um, and there's just a couple moments or whatever that some things stood out. Um, this series has been really good so far, though I sometimes, I don't know, and this is an overall issue as well. I don't know why they can't have more things in thought bubbles for, for characters. Like so often we have something that's, you wouldn't say this aloud. I understand it's designed to let us in on what someone is thinking or to explain something, but can't we have that in a, in a thought bubble then, as opposed to them speaking it out loud when they wouldn't? And in a world like this, that's so unique and out there, you're gonna have to explain some things, you know, you're gonna want uh, you know, but you can leave some stuff to mystery too. So that's maybe my biggest complaint so far. And I usually kind of look past it and just, I imagine it's, a thought bubble as opposed to actually speaking it. But then when something gets made into an anime and then they, you know, take as was written and have the characters speak those lines that should go unspoken, it's much harder to ignore. And um, it's one of my pet peeves right now um, in the industry, which is sad because I think, you know, maybe it comes from the idea a lot of like manga is done by one person. Here's story on art by Q Hayashida. Well, that's one person, you know? And so normally you would have maybe, you know, if you write a novel, you write it and then you have an editor. Um, or if you're doing a movie, you, you have a, someone that's writing the general story and then it gets turned into a script. Um, and that gets gone over a couple times, that sort of thing. So you have someone be like, this dialogue, I understand you want to move for, move the story forward here. You want to let the audiences know, but that's sort of the trick. One of the tricks to writing is to figure out how to provide exposition, how to do things, um, naturally. And, um, to me, that's one of the bigger downfalls of, uh, of this story so far of die dark. Um, otherwise back to positives. Um, it's, it's a really quality book. If you buy it physically, it's a kind of smaller size. I like this size. Um, and it's just, they're heavy. Um, so I think I've mentioned that before, but it's, it's 
Uh, that's really nice. I also like the bonus little thing that at the end there's a crossword puzzle. So I've reread some of these and you can kind of go and it, it's sort of asking you things about the world and about the, the story so far. And uh, I like it a lot. I think that's a, just a little fun addition. And it kind of, you know, it encourages the idea that you know, like you couldn't do this in a Western comic because there are collector's items. You know, like I have one here, you know, I'm in Glorious Rex and it's sitting here. It's in its, um, with this bag and board and um, it's signed and it's a collector's thing. So you'd never, you'd never write in it. Um, but I kind of like how this is, you know, you have it, it fits in your hand and you're being encouraged to really read it and reread it and then participate by writing in it with a crossword puzzle so it's kind of fun um otherwise uh this creator and this story really um exemplifies why manga is so um valuable and so well you know it's why it's growing these days because you look at what I'd call the legacy Western comic book industry. And, you know, for years, all they could see was superheroes. And, you know, that's what a lot of what's sold. So that's, that's fine, you know, whatever. But, you know, a lot of times they didn't diversify, you know, and then DC did with, um, uh, finally with like Vertigo and you started getting award-winning content that was, you know, different. Um, People often think, well, you, you read comic books. Well, you don't, in this day and age, you don't have to stop reading comic books, but then sometimes the comic books need to grow with an audience. Um, so manga offers a real variety and this is completely unique. Um, I don't know what the influences would be considered for this, um, but it's, it's, we're throwing out sometime in the future or somewhere in space and it allows for just zany, um, wacky characters and ideas. Um, they don't shy away from having things that would make no sense to us, um, things that seem completely ludicrous, and it all works together to create something that's like funny and heartwarming, but in a real black humor sense of way, a real dark sort of... Uh, um, you know, everything is, everything is skulls and bones and rotting flesh and whatever. And yet it manages to, to hold a lightheartedness too. And I think that's really unique. So, you know, you look in any other comic industry, even like webtoons and stuff. And I think it's harder to find something that with this, uh, that's something this crazily unique that's done so well. Um, and it's, with all the craziness, there's still depth. You know, I found that with uh, um, Dodo Hey Dodo too. You know, you start off like this is completely, completely insane, and then find out a little more about the characters, and um, you know, start seeing the heart involved. And so yeah, that's that's Die Dark. It's volumes one through four. Um, by Seven Seas Entertainment, who makes it. It's high quality story and art by Q Haishida. 
and uh, you sh- I encourage you to check it out. It's an easy one to get to catch up on and to um, you know to be there as it's releasing. It's not one of these books that's out constantly or whatever, so you can buy each four volumes, and then the fifth one is set to release in March. So you've got between now and March to catch up and get invested in the world of Die Dark. Um, all right, that's that. And our last thing, we're gonna we're gonna finally talk proper about Chainsaw Man. Um, so Chainsaw Man is currently gone through eight episodes. Um, I don't know how big this season is going to be. Um, maybe, maybe I can see here if it's, find out how many there's going to be. I guess I hadn't really considered. I just was excited. Yeah, there's just, okay. So looks like. 12 is what it seems like on Wikipedia. So yeah, we finished up eight episode eight this, uh, this last Tuesday and I watched it last night. I had heard it was crazy and it definitely was crazy. Um, uh, I've been, let's start at the beginning a little bit. We'll, I'll probably do this, kind of review it's sort of episodes one through eight and then maybe going forward talk specifically about each episode um i thought the show started really st- a context i've not read the manga um it was another one that i kind of started hearing about and it's like ah, the anime is coming maybe i just want to wait so i did that and um it was a one it was hyped up a lot, got a lot of high reviews, and I watched it and I immediately liked the art, I liked the animation, um, I liked the emotionality here um, between Denji and Puchita. I thought that was great. It, though I'm not a fan of CG type animation in anime, just in general, like I remember back in the day, uh, Appleseed was coming out, newer one, and it's all CG and people are acting like it's a big deal. And I'm just thinking this doesn't look good, you know, um, especially when, you know, Pixar started coming around and kind of set the bar for what CG animation could be like. Just the CG stuff loses a lot of soul to me. Um, stands out. I don't prefer it. There is, um, but anyways, the CG is more limited to, like Denji when he transforms. So um, the end battle of episode one, it felt like a lot of chaos and the battle didn't feel as um, like weighted and structured properly as I'd like from an epic battle. But nonetheless, after episode one, I was satisfied. I I was excited to see more. Again, fun opening and ending, all that sort of thing. Episode two, I started to think, okay, is has this show been overhyped a lot? Because episode two, we kind of, I mean, we're getting into, you know, finding a, a little bit of a weird relationship with Denji and Makima. Um, we have then 
Aki being introduced and Denji's just like kick him in the balls a whole bunch. Um, I didn't feel any of the emotional elements that really brought me in on episode one. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously going to keep watching. I still like it, but it was, it was not living up to the expectation. And I think episode three is when things really started to turn around for me. Um, we're starting to, um, they're doing a good job from episode three and on of giving us backstory when needed of people. They're building up each character. So um, when we're getting to power and, uh, you know, her craziness, but then we start seeing a bit of her like softer side and her backstory um, that, you know, she's also a, kind of a, a tortured soul, but she's childish and that she cares for her missing cat and the lengths she'll go to for that. Um, start getting to some more action sequences that I think are more impressive and better uh, balanced. So against the, the big bat is a great scene. Um, let's see. And yeah, and the weird kind of like how this team is coming together that's like loosely held together. And I think I like seeing how over time now their bonds have begin, begun to grow. Um, the sad thing to me has been now in the last few episodes, um, getting to know better Aki and his backstory. Um, that was done really well and how... Um, we get a little bit of world building. Um, I guess I want to talk about that some. So the world building we get quickly and briefly by Makima is the appearance of the gun devil. And I watched the scene back. Um, it's my slideshow. For those that are watching, it's like my slideshow has stopped playing here. Um... Yeah, for some reason. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, so... Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Makima gives us a why the gun devil exists. I thought this was very brief and very confusing. So the idea is that devils have started to appear more in the world. And so people are scared. They're causing trouble. So people, so it's phrased as people try to profit off of um, death or profit off of selling firearms or something like that because people are like arming themselves a lot because they're worried about the threat of, of these demons. And then it's like there's a suggestion that I don't know, death and crime go way up or something. And because of all this, because of all this gun violence, there's a massive attack in America and the gun devil appears. Um, and then, you know, what gives these devils more power is um, worshipping them, basically, is... Uh, um, you know, it's kind of like we, we, people do in the paranormal field now. It's like, they think that if you, you're, you give a, um, 
a, a spirit or a uh, legend power by spreading its tail by more people believing in it. We do this with the Santa Claus movies, like, oh, we're out of Santa, we're out of Santa can't do this, the reindeer can't fly because no one believes anymore, that kind of thing. So that's how I, the impression I get from it is that I'm trying to weaken the, the gun devil and by putting heavy restrictions on firearms, particularly in Japan, and then censorship. So which was an odd thing to throw out there as well. So just how some of this stuff unfolded, um, and then again, throwing the censorship thing on the end there, I, the worldview is maybe just so different than mine that it's not making sense, or we're gonna get more explanation, or they want, to, we're not going to deal with that, and it's just like, here's the quick setup, accept it, and we're gonna move on from there because it's more about a character story now than like our world view and world setting or whatever. I don't know. That's definitely something I, w I would like answers to. It'd be interesting to know because it is important to me, the premise of why we're here, how this has begun, because our, our protagonists now are going to be setting out for, you know, we're going to get rid of, the gun devil, that's the point. So how that came to be, why that came to be, all kind of um, adds to, you know, something that is important. Because sometimes if a world building element or something doesn't make sense, it's not a big deal because it's not integral to the plot of the story. It's always like when there, if there's a science fiction movie and the 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 plot of why we need to leave earth or why we need to do this thing or whatever if that doesn't make sense to me that can often ruin the whole thing because it's integral so anyways it was a very quick moment it's done very fast um i'm interested to see if we get more um about the world and how we got here and and such uh, or if this show is not going to go there um, so that's a bit of a complaint, but otherwise, um, let's talk about Denji a little bit, our main character. Um, he's likable, but simple. It's, it's an interesting setup for a character that he's been, you know, sort of living like an animal for so long. And so all of his like now desires are very simplistic and animalistic. It's, you know, it's like, um, food and sex, you know? shelter like just the most basic things um and why i think the show is going to be doing interestingly or what it looks like it's, it's going to happen is he's getting set up for all these disappointments so it's like first i really want to touch a boob that's what i'm all about um and then it happens and it's really disappointing it's not what he thought it would be you know um, power wears um, things in her bra to make them bigger. And so it's it's just a disappointment. And then he gets to like the constant, the sort of, you know, he gets manipulated then in the following episode by Makima, who really sort of, you know, uses her, his uh, infatuation with her, his uh, simplistic self at this time 
and um, uses that her sexuality then to make him promise to do something. That's how, and that's where we get the explanation of of the gun devil and everything. And he gets, she gets them all excited again, and I think we're. This is just like the setup for further disappointment, but then growth, like to understand how you could be manipulated that way. So I think, you know, whereas Denji's had to like grow up fast in a way, and then he's had to just do whatever to survive. He's not like going to be picky on things. You know, it's like his life is, um, has been rough. Um, his emotional um like range is limited in his emotional intelligence and so i think that's going to grow fast because then we get oh now he's all um you know intrigued by getting a kiss from himino and we see how that goes then too um great some people i guess were upset that it was like blurred out um i didn't know it was like ever not blurred out i thought it was like stylistic choice or whatever i guess i'm okay either way um because it was grow it would be gross either way um but that was fun and um fun and disturbing but so disappointment after disappointment and um it's yeah it's going to be interesting to see how denji grows and reacts and what he learns is important you know, because it's cool how Makima is at the same time manipulating him, emotionally manipulating him. She's also giving him sound advice. She's also like letting him know what, what is important and how things, you know, maybe should be. And you know, he's questioning later, like every time I kiss someone now, am I going to think of, you know, vomit? And the explanation there is, is really good like how you're going to experience so many things and um you're not going to have time to remember you know to think of all the things and then she kind of gives him a new memory so um i like that um the pacing of the show has been really good so far um i've really liked the development of himeno and aki and i love their relationship uh the way that those two kind of came to be how Himeno is like, I'm not going to lose another partner and, um, how she like pressures him to, to smoke so they can like really bond and be together and how she's frustrated that he also has a thing for Makima and she's like, what is, what is his deal? What is her deal? What's everybody seeing her? Um, it just makes this last episode all the more sad. And so, you know, this is the stuff that really anime does so well that other things fail at all the time. You know, I think of like Marvel that these days they fail at this constantly. They cannot, because it's not natural. Like, you know, it's people that, you know, themselves seem to have a, a small emotional range or something like that. It's like, this show can go from being completely absurd and silly to being kind of scary to being really heartfelt and emotional um, within a matter of, you know, beats from one to another. And, and 
the, so the buildup of Aki and Himeno's relationship has been great. And I should have seen it coming better because we get, you know, at the beginning of episode eight, Himeno is talking to Denji and, um, you know, saying, hey, let's let's make a deal. I'm going to help you get get together with Makima and you help me get together with Aki. And um, well, by the end of the episode, things are going crazy. Everybody is uh, like some sort of ploy to assassinate a bunch of these um, devil hunters and uh, Tenji gets shot in the face. Um, Himeno gets wounded badly and Aki steps into action really fast and um, it's a, this is a good this show has never made the characters feel overpowered like earlier we had where they're stuck in the hotel and stuff like that and we really didn't know how they're going to get out um, um, I kind of like I like how that happened um, and so we get this moment now where these two new characters appear and are way above the ability level of our core group here. And just as you think, maybe they're, you know, maybe Aki has it. He's like using his sword, which we don't know everything about yet, but it's supposedly very dangerous to him. Um, and then Himeno decides to give it her all and just gives herself to her devil that she's partnered with, um, to go all out. And even that is not enough, you know, with the snap of her fingers, um, she's gone and so is her, her devil. And it's really sad. We get to see the look between Aki and Himeno, um, at the end, um, I don't know how this is going to resolve, how anyone's going to make it out alive. Um, I, I'm worried that it's just going to be that power pulls Denji's cord and he's better. And that's where I don't want to see this. Like, you know, we need to see these people be a level above um, our group and set a real challenge, uh, you know, besides the like ultimate, here's the gun devil, like where are the other, these other people aligned and set rivals that they're going to have to like level up for and pursue. And, um, in, in, we have now Aki is, you know, really have a motivation. So I want to see how they believably leave with whilst the others are alive yet. And, you know, what chases them off? I'm hoping it's not Denji. Um, yeah, I just waiting on um, with bated breath for the next episode, for sure. Um, we saw Makima get shot. I think the reveal there is going to be that she herself is some sort of devil or something aligned kind of like a Denji. Something else is with her. Um I don't know what, because I don't think she's going away yet. So, um, yeah, it's more I could talk about here. I don't want to, I don't want to ramble too much, but, um, suffice it to say that Chainsaw Man has really, um, 
been ramping up. I've really been liking the um, the look of the show and the characters they've been building and their relationships. You know, some people criticize, they look at like this and say it's, you know, similar to Jujutsu Kaisen or something. You know, there's this, there's a kind of look and sort of group of teammates you know people have talked about how they're all associated with the different color whether it's like hair or outfit or something you know and like all these roles have to be filled in a sort of a formula but you manage to take parts of the, that formula and change it enough that it feels really unique and its own and i don't have any of those things right now whereas like when the story started you know i could see a lot of parallels between this and Jujutsu Kaisen, it feels very different now. Um, so you don't have to like, you know, what I'm saying is there's value to sticking with an understood formula um, to tell your own creative vision. Um, and they can really stand out on their own that way just fine. You don't always have to rewrite, you know, recreate the wheel um to make something especially like this that to me seems like it's going to really thrive off of character relationships you know and that can be very satisfying to watch so um i'm happy with where this is going uh i've put uh, a uh himeno wallpaper on my phone in honor of her because Again, I just love I love that character and I loved her relationship with Aki. So I'm very sad for the uh, events of um, of episode eight here. All right, um, that's the show for today. Shorter when it's uh, not too many news stories and uh, it's just me yammering on here. Um, normally. For those that are aware, normally we it's myself and Andrea on a regular show, Popcast on the Rocks. Um, you can still follow us um, on on uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff uh, under the Popcast on the Rocks banner. Um, this episode, we normally just do these and they go straight to YouTube. So um, make sure you follow us there, subscribe, like, share, all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we'll put this one in podcast form as well as a bonus. Um, Andrea hasn't been feeling well this last week. And um, so we hope for her to feel a lot better soon. And uh, we'll get back probably on the regular show talking about um, cyberpunk edge runners. So it's a, that's a thing that often I would maybe just talk about here. But because um, we have a, a guest we're going to have on that's uh, been a big uh, that's been a fan of that. And, uh, but Andrea watched the show as well and wants to discuss it. So we're going to be talking about that on the, on the main, main show, mainstream. So expect that, um, on Monday, um, we'll be talking about that. And otherwise until then, yeah, again, please like, share, subscribe, review, all those sorts of things. It would be much appreciated. Otherwise we'll see you next time.